0: Welcome to Cinema Scene on Gardner Web University Radio WGWG.org. dot org. Noel T. Manning the second hanging out with Jeff Powell. I was going to call Jeff J. Forium, so I'm not J, but it does start with a J. It does start with a J, uh, and you've got a in your name and J Forey does not. Does not. So nah. there you go. There are the comparisons. So We've <laughs>
1: compared and contrasted.
0: <laughs> exactly. It's, you know, it's college, right? Exactly. That's exactly right. How are you this week, buddy? I'm
1: doing pretty good. What about you? I'm looking forward to the July Fourth holiday weekend. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Long, long weekend. Um, Those are always it, nice. When you have July Fourth showing up on a Friday yeah. or Monday, it's always yeah. kind of cool. It's good.
1: It is. It's yeah. kind of disappointing when it shows up on a weekend day, like Saturday. It's like yeah, yeah. I have off on Saturday anyway. It.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, well, Jeff. Um, is a huge. Uh, he, he loves movies, but he doesn't go to movies a ton.
1: No, I do not.
0: Um, because but, but I you, can
1: watch them at home.
0: You watch them at home. It's cheaper, and you know, and and, and the um,
1: obnoxious guy down front. He, he's <laughs> he's not in my <laughs> house.
0: Well, that you know, that's an interesting thing that we've we've talked about on this show uh, on numerous occasions. Is the the technology has always impacted audiences and how they view films. Yes, always. Um, and uh, you know, the, the silent films. Mm-hmm. Once you added the, the talkies and mm-hmm. added uh, added audio, you know you had studios going. No, nah, nobody wants to hear people talk, and, and you know then of course that was that was one of the Warner Brothers, and of course he was wrong. He was wrong, but he, he wasn't <laughs> wrong about a lot of things. But he was wrong about. He that. got that one wrong. Um, but and then you know then then you added color. Yeah. Uh, and and then you know you start, you know, we talked last week about you know started adding the the multiplex cinemas, your drive-in yes. theaters. Um, so, every technology has always impacted audiences, but audiences have had the audiences have been the reason the technology has had the impact.
1: Well, once TV comes into the equation yep. and home entertainment comes into the equation, it's like, you know, like I just said, you know, why, why, why do I want to go to the theater when I can wait now? It's sometimes just weeks. Yep. Sometimes yeah. Sometimes it's even simultaneous. Yeah. Now in theaters, but you can stream yeah. it yeah. legally.
0: <laughs> well, you know, we we saw that start with uh, with cable. Well, we really saw it really kick in with cable television. Yeah, HBO. HBO, which is home box office. Exactly. It's like, hey, these movies that you saw at the box office, watch them, watch here. them here. No
1: advertisements, you know? nothing. Yeah,
0: the movie channel was after that, and then Showtime, and all those came around around the same time.
1: And with DVRs and, and the Internet, it's kind of on demand. You watch it when you want right. to, et cetera. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the movie theaters have to adjust. What can we do? Mm-hmm. They will get people out of their house, right. come in here and pay you the big ticket price. Yep. What are we going to offer? What extra are we going to offer to get them to keep coming to the theaters?
0: Exactly, and and it's becoming more and more difficult in the U.S. to do that. Even though we're, even though movies are making money sure. at the box office, they still are. I mean, you know, Finding Dory, a sequel many years later, doing quite well. Yeah. Um, but and that's a sequel. Um, superhero films—we talked about still doing quite well. So there's some movies that are still doing, um, doing the dollars that they want at the box office. But um, in, in other countries, you've got to have um, the gimmick, for the mm-hmm. most part, mm-hmm. if you want the American films to succeed. And the gimmick of that is 3D.
1: Yeah.
0: 3D in the U.S., um, you're finding more and more people choosing not to go to 3D, and it's, uh, part of it's because of the price. Yeah. Uh, you have to pay the extra two or three or, or four or whatever mm-hmm. dollars it is your your theater designates. Uh, as that fee but um, you know you and I are not huge 3D fans I am not Um, I I will there are some I I want to see and I think or would better benefit from 3D but for the most part I I prefer not to go do that
1: well it becomes often about things coming at you through the screen and when you do too much of that I just sort of think it uh, it it takes away from the narrative
0: right yeah and what's in the story to me is the the part that should drive the film because when those things go to your home screen, or go to your iPhone, if you're going to watch it that way, right. or your Kindle, or whatever your mobile mm-hmm. device is, your iPad, you name it, um, the 3D is not going to work for me there. Nope. So I've got to have a story that's going to compel me and, and bring me in. In China, uh, the films that are making money are the 3D films. Interesting. So you know, when you look at um, you know at the, the the overseas grosses, and you look at what's happening in China, in India, and India, in particular, in Russia, those are the three the three big ones. It's the 3D films that are finding the success there, uh, and it's the spectacle films, Spectacles,
1: the big epics, the uh, uh, action, adventure, right. explosions. Right,
0: right. Which which brings us to to last weekend's clunker. Yeah. Um, for me, at the box office, so it went also at the box office itself, Independence Day resurgence, a, a film that's 20 years in the making. Uh, you know, the first one, a huge success with Will Smith uh, and a ton of others, but Will Smith was really he was. He was the star in that. Yeah. Um, oh, there yeah. were quite a few others that were connected to it, and, and many of those others show up in the sequel. Will Smith does not. Uh, I will say this, and I said it uh, in my, my, my Twitter feed, uh, Will Smith made a great decision by not showing up <laughs> in this particular film. Um, I'll just share with you the, the grosses, and you can kind of um, see the success of this. Okay? Right. This is 20 years ago. The five-day gross for Independence Day, the original, 20 years ago, was uh, $96 um, million, which was really good at that particular time, 20 years ago. The five-day gross for the sequel, $49 million. Wow. So, you know, almost almost not half of that. Now, yeah. that's domestic gross. Um, you know, you get into the, I mean, this film this is not going to succeed domestically. It's not going to make the money d- domestically. $165 million <laughs> was the budget for this. So domestically, it's not going to do it. But interesting worldwide, uh, it's made 165.1 million, that so it's made its money back. So the foreign gross uh, is really almost tripled, what the domestic gross is, mm-hmm. and and we've we've shared some things about that on this show. Is, you know, it's no longer you know you, it's no longer the U.S. market that matters. Yeah, it's what you can make overseas, and there've been quite a few films, that have died here. I mean, really bombed here. But have found audiences overseas for some reason. And you know, there've you,
1: been films where it's like, "Hey, they made a sequel." I thought it did terrible. Yep, it did domestically, right? But, but it made right. money overseas.
0: Yeah, yeah. There was a, um, you know, what was it, Mattel or whatever? They did the, uh, the uh, what was that game, um, Battleship? Battleship. Okay, actually I, liked know, that movie. You know, and I, I thought it was it didn't great, do very well. You know, it, but not it, here. Not here. It bombed here, but it had great success overseas. Another one, Pacific Rim, mm-hmm. that didn't do very well here. Did so well overseas. They're doing a sequel to it.
1: Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, let I me mean, just say I'm surprised they're doing a sequel.
0: Yeah, yeah, but it but it did it did something <laughs> yeah. overseas, yeah. and and part of that is the the cast, and that was an international cast, mm-hmm. and yes. and so that was one of the appealing things to that. Uh, you know, Independence Day resurgence said dying here, but the uh, the director producers have already said, yeah, we're going to go and do a three, and we've already got a storyline for a four. I I can't, but I can't see how. The studio is going to be willing to give them the kind of money they want to have. I mean, 165 million dollars is a decent-sized budget, but it's not anything huge to what we've really seen in recent years with the epics.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, these epic sci-fi films. Yeah, you know, you're talking 200, 250 million wow. easy yeah. to make these things. Uh, but this film, honestly, Jeff, on so many different levels, the sequel. Um, and I, I, let me let me give you a little background. I, I, I really enjoyed the original. Oh, yeah. Uh, the original came out uh, the, the summer my daughter was born, who will turn 20 next week. And um, you know, this film has a special connection because I always remember it, it was a time period that she was born. She was born July 5th. So Independence Day, the film, you know, around that same time period. Uh, that and the film Phenomenon with John Travolta, those are two that stick out as the week that my daughter was born. Gotcha. But... Um, you know, I enjoyed the first one. I I, I loved yeah. I loved the humor that was in it. I loved the action. Um, I loved how they really took what was great in action films and what was great in sci-fi films and found found a way to kind of connect it. Mm-hmm. And 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 they you know they didn't break grounds necessarily in in uh, effects, but they didn't take a step backwards. Right. You know, they didn't take a step backwards. In this particular version, the sequel. Uh, they took a step backwards. I felt it was, the, you know, some of the effects were very cheesy. Um, uh-huh. The storyline was, uh, was just very weak. Dialogue was horrible. Um, the, the humor that they forced felt forced. Right. Um, and, and uh, you know, with Will Smith, Will Smith has this way when he's on screen doing the comedy. It just, it feels organic. It feels like it's some guy hanging out, and, and it just feels it rolls off his tongue, and, and the actions are there. Not here in any aspect. Wow. Um, an hour into the film, I was looking at my watch going, how much <laughs> Please longer? Please end. <laughs> and it's a two-hour, you know, nine-minute film. Oh, you, wow. You, so you weren't it. even halfway
1: yeah. through it, and you were yeah. ready to go home.
0: Yeah. It just, it, it, you know, storyline, I can give it to you. Uh, you know, 20 years ago, we defeated the aliens that were invading Earth. And, you know, we found a way. Uh, with a computer virus, mm-hmm. um, you know, much like the War of the Worlds cold virus yes. that, that, mm-hmm. that destroyed the aliens. Well, twenty years ago, we found a way to fuse alien and human technology, so we're we're a more advanced to society. Uh, we've got, you know, we we are a sci-fi world now. Okay, and so we, you know, we're flying. You know, we've got flying vehicles and. Uh, things like that, hover. It's not Back to the Future kind of stuff. <laughs> not hoverboards. But, you know, we, we're de- we've definitely advanced in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've got outposts on, on on distant moons and planets and all this other stuff. And uh, an alien life form shows up that uh, we haven't seen before. And we freak out and lash out in fear. Well, once that happens, it causes a domino effect that ends up threatening the earth once again okay. from the aliens of the past. Right, right. That's the storyline. Yeah. And, and, and so here we are trying to find uh, the secret to, to cracking a code that was delivered to us from other aliens. How do we crack this code that can possibly save humanity and other races? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the storyline. Yeah. And so uh, you know, as I'm watching it, I'm like, okay, we've seen a lot of that before. Uh, and then also, you, you find out. Uh, I, I'm going to give a spoiler. So spoiler alert here. Um, if you find out you can kill a queen, it can uh, basically destroy everyone. Yeah. Every alien. Okay. That's been done a bazillion times before. Right. And uh, you know, to me, go on. Let's you know do that, something that, new. That's the Death Star. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, you find this one weakness. Right. And it, uh, you know, hey, the, it the goes whole away. Death Star explodes. Yeah. Um, and and sure, Star Wars did it. With the, with the film that they just rebooted, but they found a way to do it in a very new and what felt like original way, and uh, and if they're going to find a way to reboot it and, and make it fresh, dang it, they owned the Death Star, so right. if they want to have have it a Death Planet, okay, cool, that's fine. You know that is
1: the thing. Uh, you're you're absolutely right. The new the newest Star Wars movie that came out, if you kind of sit back and think about it, it's exactly the same. That's the first yeah, one. Right, right, right. But yet you enjoyed it and, and it was worth watching right, and right. you're like, hey, I want to see it again.
0: Yeah. Doesn't yeah. sound like
1: this is uh, no, the case yeah. here.
0: And, and to me, um, formula exists in, in all films. Yeah. And it's it's there because people people like formula. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they like to be able to kind of anticipate, um, but they do like surprises as well. But anytime you can find somebody that can that can take a formula and find a way to make it fresh or new or make it feel like you haven't seen it, mm-hmm. then that's something. This movie, Independence Day, um, Resurgence, not even close to even get to, to finding that. And and we're talking had a good cast. I mean, you had pretty much the entire original cast back that didn't die in the first one, right. except for Will Smith. Uh, right. And they added Liam Hems, Hemsworth, uh, the new you know heartthrob. He's uh, he's Thor's brother. Uh, oh, you know, okay. yeah. He was in the Hunger Games and, and been in other <laughs> films as well, but, uh, but Liam was the, the lead in this this time, um, and his character is kind of a uh, almost a hand solo kind of character. So even borrowed the Con, con- concept, right. the kind of cowboy concept mm-hmm. from, uh, from Star Wars as well.
1: Well, I do listen to the critics. Uh, I was, I was going to go see it last weekend, and then you and others were talking about how bad it was. So I decided I wouldn't go. Now my son went with some of his friends, and he came back and reported it's really bad. Yeah. So yeah, I haven't seen well, it.
0: Well, I I gave it a D plus. Yeah. And I don't remember the last film I gave a D. Wow. At all. Wow. And it, it was, I mean, it was that. To me, it was that bad. Yeah. I, I said no, I'm not. Uh, I would not recommend this to anybody. Uh, even if you've seen the first one, my recommendation: go back and watch the watch first it again. one again. Uh, Finding Dory. Uh, let's talk about that quickly. It was the number one film last weekend for the the second week in a row? Um, it's already grossed over uh, 286 million dollars domestically, 400 million worldwide uh, for this film. That's only been out for just uh, a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Finding Nemo was one that my kids grew up with.
1: Mine too. I know um, exactly what you they,
0: mean. They loved that, and uh, they wanted to see this. We went to see this as a family. And uh, my my daughter especially was really, really excited about about going back to see this again. Uh, Voices in this, Albert Brooks is back as the voice of the dad uh, from Nemo. And then you've got, uh, you know, you had Nemo's uh, Nemo's dad who was searching for him. That's Albert Brooks. He's back. Ellen DeGeneres is back as Dory. Um, Other voice talent includes Ed O'Neill and Diane Keaton uh, and Eugene Levy. And Idris Elba, um, um, a great voice talent as well. Uh, that's your voice talent in this. And the story is, uh, Dory is, um, who has, if people remember from the Finding Nemo films uh, film, she had uh, a short-term memory problem. Yeah. And um, in this film, uh, it starts out pretty early that you find she's starting to flash back to long-term memories of her childhood, of her parents. Um, Uh, of things that she had lost. And so she's starting to reconnect things, and she's actually starting to find ways to gain short-term memory as well. Not always, but there are times she's able to kind of connect with it. And so uh, she's on this journey to to reconnect with with her parents. She wants to find her parents. And and over the course of it, um, she ends up, you know, getting away from from Nemo and the the father, uh, Nemo's father, who became long-term friends with her and so they're trying to find her but it's really more of a story of Dory finding her family right. than it is um, uh, Dory being found yeah. uh, and, and over the course of it she, she finds a, a, a bit of herself that, that she had lost that's, that's the story um, and it's, you know, it's, it's beautifully uh, put together uh, the story was, was wonderful the, uh, the voice out was great the humor was there uh, I felt that the film at times it lagged a little bit. It, it felt um, uh, it, it felt there were certain scenes that were dragging. Uh, it's an hour and forty-three minutes long, so it's not a not a really long film. I think an hour and a half. You cut out thirteen minutes. I think it would have been an absolutely probably perfect film. Okay. Um, I found it was good, but not great. But it is one of those. It's a family film, and so it's drawing families. Um, it's drawing you know teenagers yeah. and young yeah. adults. Yeah. Uh, just like Toy Story 3 did right. several years ago. So it's going to continue to find success. And it's on target to be uh, the number one film of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of got that going for it. Now, the one it has got to beat is Captain America 2.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, I, I, if I'm going to venture a guess, I think it'll do that because the audience is much wider. It is for a wide this audience. I, I
1: recognize that in my own family. My, my kids grew up watching Finding Nemo. And my teenage daughter's very much just as yours said, I've got to go see this. Yeah. Um, so when they came out of the theater, I was like, okay, was it good? Yes, they, they really enjoyed the movie. Uh, were there a lot of little kids yep. in there? Yes, there were yeah. a lot of little kids in there. But they also said there were a lot of people their age yes. who grew up on it yeah. and just had to see yeah. the next one.
0: Yeah, and I've got to say, that's, a, um, that's really smart of Pixar. Yeah. I mean, they wait a long time in between sequels. Mm-hmm. Long time.
1: Well, it's not like the, uh, the 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 cartoon characters age necessarily. Exactly. You know, exactly.
0: They They do whatever they want yeah. to with the timeline yeah. there. Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's smart marketing as well. I Man, I know it takes a long time to develop the story and to, with this te- kind of technology. But as this technology is advanced, also what is advanced is it doesn't quite take quite as long to put some of these things together. You know, it's our computers have advanced and all that as well. But for them, it, it, they, they do think about it from a marketing standpoint. They're like, you know, if, if we wait a few years, we're going to bring in a whole new audience of kids, mm-hmm. we're gonna, which will bring their families, and then we'll bring back these young adults who were kids when yeah. that original one came out, and they, they'll bring their dates. Yeah. You know? And so it's, it's really the perfect storm when you look at, at hitting you know, all of your quadrants for, for film. You're getting male and female. You're getting young and old, and you're getting um, races of all types to watch this, and that's a that's a difficult nut to crack. Mm-hmm. You, you can Can't crack mean. it, you can crack it in animation, yeah, but it's hard to crack that in uh, a lot of other films. Yeah, so that's Finding Dory. Uh, I'm giving that uh, I'm giving that a, a, a b b minus. Um, good film, not great. Um, but, but worth checking out. So uh, I, I would recommend that. Uh, you know, 20 years ago, I mentioned um, the, uh, the film uh, Independence Day. Other films 20 years ago that I'm going to mention uh, just so, so you can kind of keep track of this, From Dusk Until Dawn, uh, Robert Rodriguez's vampire flick that had George Clooney, Selma Hayek, and Quentin Tarantino um, was released in 1996. Uh, that film spawned a couple of sequels, and also spawned a uh, TV series. Well, a, a, a I say a, 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 I think it's an Amazon Prime or a Netflix series that's now in its second season, uh, "Dusk Until Dawn." And Jeff's going, "I, I no, don't I've never remember heard of this. this.
1: This is not the thing in Alaska.
0: Nope, this is like Mexico."
1: Well, I have no, I've no idea. Oh, dude, <laughs> you
0: got to check it out. All right, you got. Check Got my out.
1: homework assigned. Check
0: out From Dusk Until Dawn, the film, the first one. Um, you'll, you'll find some humor with Clooney and Tarantino. Uh, and, and Selma Hayek is a dancer. You'll, you'll, you'll enjoy that. And, and Vampires of Galore. I know you enjoy your, your monsters. Sometimes. Sometimes. Okay. What are some of the times you don't enjoy your monsters?
1: When they are sparkly.
0: <laughs> I did not enjoy that franchise. Well, I don't necessarily consider uh, Twilight monsters, <laughs> but some people would. Um, I, I, I felt like it was more of a love story in yes. wolf's clothing. Yes. Oh, that was pretty bad. Yes. Uh, so anyway, dusk until dawn. You need to check that out. Okay. Um, Adam Sandler made a huge, uh, huge hit twenty years ago, uh, uh, playing opposite of Bob Barker on a golf course. With Happy Gilmore. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Happy Gilmore, uh, in many ways, became the film that um, that launched um, Adam Sandler into many things, and uh, it, it gave him his own production company um, after that. But um, your storyline is you've got... Uh, you know, you've got uh, this guy who's, who's really good at hockey and decides, hey, we're going to try it on the golf course, and chaos ensues, of course. <laughs> Fish-out-of-water comedy. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. And and one of the things that's, that's truly interesting uh, to watch is uh, the fist fight between Bob yes. Barker yes. And, uh, and Adam Sandler. Which is pretty
1: much all I remember about the
0: film. <laughs> but that was, uh, that was 20 years ago as well. Uh, a great Coen Brothers film that spawned uh, a TV series, an epic series, um, is called Fargo.
1: That's a great film. Not for everyone.
0: Oh, not for everyone, but just um, a truly um, amazing story and unique dialogue, unique characters, um, a a very dark and fun film. Um, And I say darkly fun. Uh, It's as fun as you can, you know, Watch weird murders happen. That's you know, why I call it a dark comedy.
1: That is often hard to pull off. But they definitely did that with that film.
0: Yeah, yeah. But uh, great cast in that. Uh, you know, Murder, Mayhem, Snow, and uh, Steve Buscemi. And funny accents. And funny accents. So uh, <laughs> I would recommend Fargo, which was also released 20 years ago uh, this uh, this year. Uh, Mission Impossible. Uh, I was talking the yesterday. The first one? The first one. Uh, the first Mission Impossible film, not the first Mission Impossible TV series, well, that's which right. was in yes. the 60s. Yes. Uh, I was talking to somebody yesterday about J.J. Abrams and just the incredible success that he is having now. He's hot. Oh, um, yes. You know, I mean, Star Wars, uh, anybody who had a target on them was somebody trying to resurrect the Star Wars film franchise. Mm-hmm. And he took it on. Well, even rebooting Star Trek. Star Trek. Uh, which he rebooted, and now we're in it. the third, third, movie. third installment of that coming out uh, coming out uh, this, in July, uh, so coming out this summer. He also rebooted uh, the Mission Impossible franchise in a way that really made sense. Uh, so Mission Impossible, the original one with Tom Cruise, we're now in you know, episode seven, I guess. It's going to be the next one coming out. And it's been a franchise that uh, I say has actually continued to be strong, and uh, I think, in many ways, has has actually gotten better. Um, you know, it, it's it's just truly uh, impressed me what they've been able uh, to do with this franchise, and and keeping Tom Cruise on board with it uh, is is pretty fascinating as well. And that's a, that's a tough thing to do.
1: And twenty years later, keeping him credible in yes. this role, yeah, but they yeah. have. Yeah, I'm yeah. not the world's biggest Tom Cruise fan, but. He, it's amazing, I and mean, that he's still doing these stunts and doing these things. It's yes. twenty years later.
0: Yeah, he's he's our age, Jeff, and uh, he's in definitely much better shape. He's better shape than I am. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, a film that also spawned sequels. Um, I was talking this week to uh, my kids about um, about Kevin Hart uh, and the comedy of Kevin Hart, and I said you can trace him back to you know uh, other uh, African American comic artists. Uh, who have who have gone from stand-up to uh, to skit comedy to films who have had incredible success, and I said, you know, you look back a few years in the 90s, uh, late 90s, early 2000s, you've got Chris Tucker, mm-hmm. who was incredibly successful uh, in the in the uh, the franchises, the Rush Hour franchises, mm-hmm. became the all-time at that time the the biggest money maker and commanding the most money. He was getting 25 million dollars per role. Wow, and. Then you go back a few years, you've got Eddie Murphy. Yep. Well, Eddie Murphy in 1996 released The Nutty Professor. Okay. Which was a remake of a Jerry Lewis film. All right. And, uh, and this film was, was quite successful uh, at the box office. And then uh, we were introduced to, to the Clumps, the family of the Clumps. And then we had a couple of sequels from that. Uh, that original film, uh, The Nutty Professor, was 1963. With, uh, with Jerry Lee Lewis, so they, that that goes back quite a ways. Yes, it does. But uh, we've talked about remakes, and when you can do a remake, but find a way to do it new, yeah, yeah, you can find success in it. And The Nutty Professor was one of those that found success in it. And I think they did uh, they did you know, three films after that. Uh, Independence Day, as I mentioned, was released uh, this weekend, 20 years ago. Uh, Jeff Goldblum and Will Smith really were a great kind of a team combination. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but as I said that t- did not happen uh, this year around uh, another um, independent film that I'm going to recommend uh, Train Spotting, uh, a British film, one of the best British films really um, uh, ever uh, if you really want to look at it, and especially when you look at the cast and, and the people connected to this, Will so McGregor is in this film uh, Johnny Lee Miller uh, in this film as well um, it, it explores the um, it, it's it, it explores the drama of the drug scene in, in the face of temptation uh, and that that surrounds that and surrounds choices that you have to make um, really really interesting film and uh, one of those Indies that uh, that kind of snuck under the radar uh, during that time uh, uh, another remake that happened during that same year Romeo and Juliet with DiCaprio um, and uh, Claire Danes I you know, I'm not a big fan of this particular remake. Yeah, I'm with you. But I will say it was unique, and uh, because it 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 did it in kind of a '90s style, mm-hmm. um, and really a modern update in this kind of '90s style, and uh, trying to stay true to some of the original stuff. But to me, it just didn't resonate. But it did resonate with young audiences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it introduced people to Shakespeare, introduced young people uh, to Shakespeare, and so. You know, if I want to say if it did anything right, it did that. It found a way to uh, to introduce uh, young folks to to the Bard. Yeah. So uh, kind of like
1: it, Hamilton has introduced young folks to early American yeah. history.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Disney uh, Disney had success success with a live action uh, animation, which we see them kind of doing again now. They did that with Cinderella. They're doing Muting the Beast. So they uh, they got Tarzan. Coming out, so they're doing all these live-action versions of uh, of the films from from times go by. 101 Dalmatians, the live-action version was released 20 years ago, uh, and you've got uh, you know from the, from the 19 what 61 classic
1: something like that. Um,
0: yeah. uh, Hugh Laurie was was in this as a villain as well as uh, De, what is her, Deville, um, Cruella, Cruella Deville, and uh, Glenn Close started right, uh, yes, yes. as that, the great Glenn And Fox. a lot of dogs. And a lot of dogs, 101 to be precise. Uh, a great film, talk about Tom Cruise again. This is one that got uh, Academy Award uh, recognition, uh, Tom Cruise and Jerry Maguire. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. A, a film that was really touching. It had this uh, just, you know, wonderful kid actor, Jonathan Lipnicki. Uh, it's, a, it's a name I can only say twice without stu- stuttering. Uh, so I'm gonna say it one more time. Jonathan Lipnicki uh, was was the kid starring this. Uh, if you haven't seen Jerry Maguire, about a about an agent, uh, a sports agent who who basically leaves his company and he he writes a memo and says, you know what, this is not the way you do things. And he starts out on his own and uh, has one person, one one athlete that will fall in line behind him, and then changes the course of the history for that athlete and himself along the way. And it's also a romance.
1: Yeah, you had me this, at hello. This
0: tied in exactly. <laughs> you had me at hello. Uh, and the last film that uh, that I will uh, will mention, uh, this is definitely one that is the uh, an MTV, a late MTV generation kind of film because um, this is when, you know, you start you stop seeing music on MTV uh, by the late '90s, but stylistically the approach of, of what was a what those fans were going after. In horror films, was a film called Scream, huh. that really turned things kind of uh, up um, on its uh, on its end, and you had a lot of those uh, kind of teenage stars starring in this film, uh, and it also um, spawned a franchise, and then uh, spawned a a, a parodies <laughs> with Scary Movie. Yeah. But Scream was also released 20 years ago this year, 1996. So. Uh, there you have it. Some of the some of the films uh, to to remember from 1996, and, and you know, during the summer we might revisit some from 25 years ago, 30 years ago. Yeah, I will I will throw out one from 31 years ago. This popped up um, on my on my feed, and I couldn't believe it. St. Elmo's fire. Oh wow! Yeah, 31 years ago. Um, This this uh, this summer.
1: Now, what they call the actors in that film, the new Rat Pack and that kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I think they they added a B in front of it, the Brat Pack.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think you're right. Yes, uh, that's right.
0: Yeah. um, So San Omos Fire uh, 31 years ago. Wow. Well, uh, I'm Noel Manning. That's Jeff Powell. Any other uh, things you want to talk about before we wrap things up, Jeff?
1: You know, you're right. I don't go to a lot of movies uh, at the theater. Might have to see the new Star Trek film there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and you can revisit any of these on uh, on Netflix, Amazon, or uh, right, any yeah. of your other uh, places you choose. What was the What was
1: films? the vampire thing?
0: The vampire thing from dusk until dawn. I might have to revisit. You that. might have to revisit or visit that. it because yeah. I don't think oh, yeah. I saw it before. <laughs> well, thanks for hanging out, Jeff, and talking movies, and letting me talk movies uh, right here on Cinema Scene on Gardner Webb University Radio WGWG.org. Till next time, that is a wrap.